0: Today, we make the case against Mike Tomlin and more of this seemingly unending Steelers mediocrity in a special edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. And welcome to the podcast from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Some coaches will be known for multiple Super Bowl wins and playoff proficiency. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin seems headed for a more toast measure of his Pittsburgh tenure, that being the dreaded non-losing season. There can be nothing more boring, soul-crushing, downright mediocre than that, can there? Yes, this is the uninspiring streak Tomlin is best known for. 16 seasons and counting. Notice the operative term is non-losing season. A streak of winning seasons has a better ring to it, but this cannot be applied to Tomlin. Before the league switched to a 17-game season a few years ago, Tomlin had a trio of 8-8 and finishes. That is the epitome of average. An average is precisely what Pittsburgh has become these past half-dozen, doze-inducing, playoff-starved seasons under their much-admired coach. After the disaster that was Sunday's inexplicable 24-10 loss to the lowly Arizona Cardinals before a bewildered, rain-soaked crowd at Accra Shore Stadium it appears Tomlin's team is headed for another wet blanket, 9-8 and record or thereabouts. The national media, which loves Tomlin, tells us all to rejoice. The streak lives! Yay! Instead, the Steelers' nation rightly mourns for what is dead and buried, that being the supposed Steelers' standard of Super Bowl Or bust. Pittsburgh hasn't won a playoff game in six going on seven seasons now. That's the real streak, and it stinks. The once model football franchise has been dragged back to its pre immaculate reception era a half century before. That's when the Steelers were affectionately known as lovable losers, a team. You didn't take seriously. No wonder the now 3-10 Cardinals were laughing it up in the locker room after Sunday's debacle. The belly laughs came at the Steelers' expense. Quote, Matt Canada was at the crib watching that game like, I'm the problem, huh? One Arizona player was overheard joking. These guys still stink. Another player shouted in response. Also true. Regression has become the storyline of this Steelers' season. Second year QB Kenny Pickett regressed so shockingly it cost the aforementioned Matt Canada his job as offensive coordinator. Pickett managed to flash some of his former form during the previous game versus the Bengals, finally hitting some passes over the middle and appearing more decisive in his reads and his. In his throws, but it's hard to get excited about a 16 10 win over the Joe Burrow Less Bengals. After Week 13's results, the Bengals appear to have the better quarterback in the undrafted Jake Browning. He went 32 for 37 passing, putting up 354 yards and a touchdown against the Jaguars on Monday night, and he also ran for a score. Against Arizona, Pickett imploded. His flaws were on full display. Failure to read the blitz. Prematurely abandoning abandoning clean pockets. Hesitant on reads. Missing open receivers. Then there's Pickett's propensity for getting hurt. The QB was concussion-prone last season, and now he's out for multiple games after injuring his ankle on a failed goal-line run and that QB run was forced after Pickett missed a short touchdown on the previous play. He since underwent ankle surgery, and he may not see action again at all this season. We'll see. This means the Steelers could remain in quarterback limbo throughout the 2024 season. Pickett's evaluation has been delayed by Canada's incompetence Now it's being interrupted by injury. As a result, the mediocrity that's been eating away at the once Sterling Steelers, like an insidious form of rust, is poised to continue in Pittsburgh for the foreseeable future. It's not just Pickett. The entire team lacks focus. They are not mentally tough. Players don't know the formations. Timeouts are being squandered when there's too few players on the field or not the right uh, setup uh, for the play. When adversity strikes, weak-minded players crack instead of doubling down on the next play and doing it right. Receiver Deontay Johnson has become the poster child for this poor Pittsburgh attitude and demeanor. He pouted after dropping a touchdown versus the Bengals then didn't react to a fumble on the very next play. He just stood there at the line of scrimmage, did nothing. But in garbage time against Arizona, Deontay got his TD, and then he proceeded to celebrate like the Steelers just won the Super Bowl instead of being washed out by an inferior opponent at home. If the loss to Arizona didn't turn your stomach, Johnson's putrid display sure did. Tell me how any of this changes. Tell me when it changes. No one can. Sports call shows in the 412 area code have been flooded this week with Yinzers yapping about trading away Tomlin or firing him outright. It ain't going to happen. It took everything Art Rooney II had to can Canada in the middle of the season, something the team and the, the Owning family just never does. Tomlin is as safe as it gets in the NFL. After all, his much-touted non-losing streak is about to extend to 17 seasons. It looks like. I mean, uh, what is he went away and, and then he's safe for another agonizing year. Unfortunately, safe isn't exciting. Neither is mediocrity. It's actually much worse than total failure. At least then you know it's time to blow it all up and start over. Average provides cover and comfort. It allows for the illusion of being close to making a move, close to climbing up to the top. This is how mediocrity preserves and perseveres itself. It whispers sweet nothings about success being just around the corner But the turn never comes. This is how a non-losing streak becomes a mathematical marvel. Like infinity, it threatens to stretch on forever. And even if it doesn't, it will sure seem like it. We have much more on Tomlin's troubles, the Steelers' descent, Pickett's injury, and the short week Thursday night game versus the equally offense challenge New England Patriots. It's all in this what could have been edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. And be sure to catch my full print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As always, it will be packed with plenty of memes, bringing the latest, greatest Steelers debates to life, to laughs, and these days, more than a few tears. Right now, let's get right to it. How bad was the coaching against Arizona? Steelers beat reporters are running out of superlatives to describe the X and O futility of Tomlin and his staff. But we do have some choice words from Ray Filippaldo in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Filipaldo writes this, quote, Losing to a 2-10 team is bad enough. Looking like a sandlot team in the process is outrageous for a coach in his 17th season. Everything was laid out for the Steelers to have an easy path to the playoffs. But they got manhandled by one of the worst teams in the NFL instead. Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin's defense has a big problem defending against big plays. And they don't appear to have a remedy. The bloom is off the rose of new play caller Mike Sullivan, too. He has to come up with something better than a run straight up the middle on fourth and goal from the one that was easily stopped short of the goal line. A third down receiver screen earlier in the game went for no gain and had no chance of working as well. Then, on the first series of the second half, the Steelers had to burn a timeout. Because they couldn't get the right person now on the field and let's not forget an illegal formation penalty on the offense too either these coaches don't know what they're doing or the players aren't being coached well enough either way it's a terrible look for a coaching staff this late in the NFL season unquote hey that's one big. Ouch! For Tomlin and his staff, a head coach who was supposed to be among the NFL's elite. Needless to say, there's been a lot of calls for Tomlin to go in wake of that terrible Arizona loss. Of course, there's virtually no chance of this happening. As a result, the mediocrity we've witnessed for half-dozen seasons and counting is poised to continue in Pittsburgh. For a look at this dilemma of delusion, we turn to radio host and Pittsburgh Post-Gazette columnist Joe Starkey. He came up with the term Steeler's Delusion to describe what's going on in Pittsburgh and how it's able to perpetuate itself. Starkey describes that Steeler's Delusion like this, quote, The delusions are fired by a national media that fawns over Mike Tomlin, ignoring the fact he hasn't won a playoff game in going on seven years. It is perpetuated by local media, myself included, that launches post-game questions from the perspective that in order to lose to the Arizona Cardinals, the Steelers must have been too cocky. Are you kidding me? The Steelers are this close to being the Cardinals. Vegas knows this. That's why it installed the Steelers as just five-and-a-half-point favorites against a 2-10 and team, and it puts the Steelers over-under for the season right around 500 every year, unquote. Hey, ironically, those Vegas season win totals The Steelers always manage to be right around the number that allows Tomlin to extend that dreaded non losing streak. Coincidence? I don't think so. They know the Steelers are mediocre. Now we go back to Starkey, who has some much starker Steelers stats that should shatter that Steelers delusion. But again, Tomlin and his team are seem have you know seem to have this perception that they're better than they are but starkey tells us the truth he writes quote since their last super bowl appearance 13 years ago the steelers have fewer playoff wins than the houston texans and we know those texans uh are going to get some wins coming up they have a they have their quarterback in stroud but i digress starkey continues quote since the beginning of the 2021 season, a span of 46 games, the Steelers are minus 116 points in point differential. Since the beginning of 2019, the Steelers have been outscored by opponents in four of five of those years. Unquote. I mean, those are the, that's the truth. I mean, that's who these Steelers are over the last, you know, s- several seasons. Given these putrid numbers for Pittsburgh, how does the Steelers' delusion continue? Surely, Tomlin's non-losing streak props it up and props it up bigly. But Starkey goes even deeper in explaining what perpetuates this illusion. He writes this, quote, maybe the delusion holds because the franchise still carries so much cachet. The Steelers remain one of the league's flagship enterprises. They attract eyeballs. They have an incredible history. It's just that none of that justifies operating from the position that they are a good football team, unquote. Now what Starkey cannot answer, and no one can, is when the delusion, the Steelers' delusion, when will it finally die? What kills this dream of a team That really no longer exists. No one has that answer. Steelers fans have lived through glorious times when their beloved football team captured repeated championships. These days, the Steelers give us nothing but non-losing seasons and endless reruns of mediocrity that ends in playoff utility. This is where. Your Steelers franchise stands, and it's a sad state of affairs. Making this even more depressing is the quarterback quandary involving Kenny Pickett and his ultimate evaluation process in Pittsburgh. In short, is Kenny the guy? Hey, I mean, he's a hard worker, great attitude, perfect demeanor, but maybe not an NFL starter. I mean, it seems to be an open question, even though There's a lot of data that's already in. Again, but Tomlin and the Steelers Brain Trust haven't reached any conclusion on Pickett. And that injury to Pickett likely extends what has already become a painful and painfully long evaluation process for Kenny Pickett. And as Mike DeFabo, writing for The Athletic, tells us, there is plenty of data on Pickett that's already in. And it really doesn't seem to add up to a starting QB material for the Steelers. But again, this is an incomplete grade at this point. And DeFalbo tells us why and how we got here to this quarterback quandary that is part of the problem holding the Steelers where they are, which is average. DeFalbo writes, quote, If the Steelers were a forward-thinking organization, this season should have been all about two objectives. One, develop the second-year quarterback. Two, evaluate him to determine if he is indeed the guy. The first 12 games can be seen as nothing but a massive disappointment on both of these counts regarding Pickett. As far as Pickett's development goes, the Steelers made their bed when they decided to bring back offensive coordinator Matt Canada for a third season. The biggest problem with retaining him this year is that it might have hindered Pickett's progress. If nothing else, it made impossible to evaluate the quarterback accurately. And frankly, it's hard to find any metric that suggests Pickett has improved from year one to year two. Record as a starter is identical. His completion percentage is marginally worse this season. Probably the best thing you can say about Kenny Pickett is he doesn't turn the ball over. And the Steelers have ensured that by in turning Pickett into a risk-averse game manager, unquote. Hey, this is a DeFable article in The Athletic is real detailed. And he provides all the stats to back up his clear-eyed assessment of where Kenny Pickett is at this juncture uh, with this injury that really suspends any further evaluation. I urge you to track down the article and give it a read so you get all of the details. But the key question at the center of the Fabos piece is where do the Steelers stand in their evaluation of Kenny Pickett? And how does it affect the franchise? Well, how does DeFabo see Pickett at this point in his career, again, that is now interrupted by this multi-week injury? that could last the rest of the season, in fact. DeFabo weighs in with some analysis that cuts to the quick of this huge issue for the Pittsburgh football franchise. DeFabo says, quote, I'm not ready to write off Kenny Pickett. He's been put into a less-than-ideal situation with the dysfunction all around him on offense. This is an offense that couldn't even line up correctly or snap the ball on Sunday, much less score touchdowns in the red zone. From the time they drafted Pickett, the Steelers have handled him with kid gloves. They started him third on the depth chart last season. In training camp before throwing him into the fire at halftime of week four. This season it was his job from day one but there was still a reluctance to open up the playbook and allow the quarterback to attack downfield. This conservative approach did not do anyone any favors. Nothing has happened this season that shows the Steelers are a legitimate contender who can compete with heavyweights or win a playoff game for the first time since 2016. Truthfully, they are no closer to the upper echelon NFL teams than they were when they got smoked 38-3 against the Buffalo Bills in Pickett's first NFL start and crushed 35-13 by the Eagles three weeks later last season. This is a quarterback-driven league where success is directly tied to the signal caller. The only way out of 9-8 and eight purgatory is to improve the quarterback play. Instead, the Steelers wasted 12 games and another year of a quarterback on his rookie deal. When next season kicks off, they'll be in the same position as when this season started with a young quarterback who has more question marks than answers, unquote. In other words, Pittsburgh is in pigskin purgatory. We are in quarterback limbo. Until Pickett's evaluation is complete, this is where we and the Steelers shall remain. No fun. It's not exciting but it is very, very mediocre. On the bright side, the black and gold will probably get a win Thursday night at Accra Shore Stadium versus the hated Bill Belichick and the Pats, who have become Patsies in the NFL. Like Tomlin, Belichick is a long-tenured coach who hasn't found his next quarterback and he's getting plenty of questions about his future in New England. Of course, Bill Belichick has a few more Super Bowls than Tomlin, but I digress. Here's how sports talk show host and Post-Gazette columnist Joe Starkey sees Belichick and those sputtering 2-10 and 10 New England Patriots. He writes, quote, Yeah, even the great Bill Belichick appears to be on thin ice. All he did was go to the Super Bowl every other year for about a quarter century, one horrible season, and he could be out. His downfall would not be that he forgot how to coach, but that he missed on too many personnel decisions. Rightly or wrongly, it would seem there is a decent chance the Patriots will have a new coach next season, oftentimes sinking To the bottom is what it takes to create real change in sports. I shouldn't have to remind anybody in this town of that. Piddling along at just above 500 with no real chance to win a championship is the worst place to live in pro sports. The Steelers have bought a home there. Pending further evaluation with a real offensive coordinator, it's possible the Steelers reached for a quarterback with the 20th pick in the draft two years ago. Their coach has not won a playoff game in soon-to-be seven years, and when they do reach the postseason, they get smashed to pieces, unquote. Hey, you gotta admit, Starkey nails it right there. And if Bill Belichick and all his Super Bowls can be shown the door, anyone can. But as Starkey points out, it often takes a disaster of a season to force that kind of change. Tomlin's non-losing streak buys him all the time in the world in Pittsburgh, or so it seems. Of course, a coach, any coach, including the great Bill Belichick, is only as good as his QB. This is true for both Belichick and Tomlin, but again, the Pats are ahead of the Steelers here because they have discovered and found out that Mac Jones is not the answer. Meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, Pickett's evaluation will continue throughout 2024. That makes room for plenty more mediocrity in the Steel City. No wonder Joe Starkey asked in his column, he asked Steelers fans which situation they would rather have. The impending implosion in New England, where they're poised to blow it all up, or the status quo Steelers, whose future appears to be a rerun of its mediocre recent past. You decide, as Starkey concludes, quote, NFL insider Field Yates projects the Patriots currently in the number two position in the draft as a quote lock to draft either North Carolina's Drake May or USC's Caleb Williams, as the story says, quote, the team's current situation presents a golden opportunity to land a new franchise quarterback, unquote. Wouldn't you rather be them? Well, that's where we leave it this week. I mean, there's a question to be pondered. But, of course, the Steelers' story does not end here and neither does your Steelers Update podcast, we will continue with the saga next week, bringing you all the freshest takes, steaming hot Wednesday afternoon. So, again, make it easy. Sign up for the Steelers Update podcast from PenLive wherever you get your audio and podcast. And, of course, log on to PenLive.com for your real-time Steelers news and as yours truly will be out at Acre Shore Stadium Thursday night for perhaps Bill Belichick's last visit to Pittsburgh as the New England coach, history in the making, I'll be there. Uh and of course the only thing to say even amid this wall that we're all feeling is go Steelers. <laughs>